1: How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio. For 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as a show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favorite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me as always is Tech Central editor in chief, Niall Kitson. And I suppose, Niall, we're, we're just, I won't say morning because we didn't know the man, but uh, we're recognising the loss of Paul Allen who was one of the the co-founder really with uh, Bill Gates of Microsoft. Well, it's interesting that you say that, that
2: because he was quite a reclusive character you know he he was never out in, in front of the limelight he never married did, didn't have kids um was very um liberal with his money very um uh, active in the causes that he supported and you know of course he set up the allen institute for brain science the allen institute for ai the allen institute for cell science uh and he, he indulged his sporting side um you know owner of the seattle seahawks uh the Portland Trailblazers, and even dipping into Major League Soccer, so quite forward-looking. He owns the Seattle Sounders. Now, uh,
1: yep. Dides. Can I can, can I can I just say yep. all of that pales into complete insignificance when I tell you that he is also the founder of a museum dedicated to Jimi Hendrix. Ah, well, he 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 was a noted <laughs> guitar player as well. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think it says a lot about the man. Have you any idea why he did all of these things? Uh, I, gu- I guess uh, it's one of these things
2: that, you know, a man who remained incredibly wealthy up until his death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, earlier this year, he was the 44th wealthiest man in the world. And I think, you know, money becomes uh, kind of irrelevant after a certain point. It just becomes
1: a telephone number. So why would you bother accumulating it to no end? Well... A lot of people, very rich people, use money as a scorecard against everybody else. That's what Michael O'Leary from Ryanair would say, mm. you know, and he, he would say, am I doing better than Willie Walsh? Well, how much does he earn? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The, the actual money uh, makes no difference. But what I was interested with Paul Allen was that he had a, a very serious cancer scare back in the early 80s. And that was one of the reasons why he left Microsoft.
2: Yeah, well, he was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma in the early 80s. Yes. And uh, it was a condition that ultimately uh, came back and, and caused his death in the end. But uh, it was one of the one of the reasons. Well, probably the the reason why he stepped back what? from from Microsoft.
1: Exactly. So put it this way, right? If you had a scare like that where you almost died, and then you were given more money than you would ever need. Mm you would go off and do exactly all the things he did.
2: Yeah, the, yeah, I I I would agree. Um I, and I guess, you know, being a visionary character, uh I, he put that money to exceptionally good use. Uh, I mean, especially, you know, very often you you hear people who get wealthy and somebody will take them aside and say, "Well, that's your grandkids money." You know, yeah. Do, do, do what you want with the rest of it but um, there, there is that but Bill Gates takes the opposite yeah. line you know he le- he's leaving his kids what one, one to three million dollars or something like that you know a fraction of a fraction of his net worth just to make sure they develop some kind of work ethic you know that they don't get big headed or feel that you know absolutely everything is going to be handed to them on a plate I mean it's still a lot of money More money than we'll
1: ever see. It's the one thing I admire Bill Gates for because he has more money than any sane person would ever need. Mm. And he's just saying, it it sounds terrible. I'm leaving my kids 1% of my fortune, but that 1% will keep them in a very, very, very comfortable lifestyle and probably more money than they'd ever need. And he's going, well, I'm going to spend the other 99% then on on humanity. Fair play to the pair of them. Fair play to the pair. Yeah. Listen, uh, that is billionaire, philanthropist and founder of the Jimi Hendrix Museum Paul Allen who passed away this week uh, also now you have uh, been uh, traveling abroad you've, you've been over to London if that counts as abroad yeah, well it will it does in to me. in <laughs> March um, uh, to go and see some brand new phones what have you been to see yeah, Huawei
2: have taken uh, taken the, the lid off their new Mate 20 and Mate 20 phone uh, Mate 20 Pro, sorry, smartphones. I mean, the, these are going to be
1: their, their flagship phones going forward for the for the next while. Um, so are these kind of up at the, uh, uh, the iPhone X and the uh, Samsung Note 9 kind of? Yeah, deal, exactly, right? yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, the, this is unlocked. These things are going to
2: retail for over 800 euros. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the networks support them with uh, and of course if you're if you live in the states sorry you're not going to be able to buy these things because uh, apparently anything Chinese is just a surveillance device um, but there you go. So um, the Mate 20, um, it's got four gigs of RAM, basically the same as my computer at home, <laughs> my aging computer, uh, 128 gigs of storage, roughly the same as the tablet that I'm recording this on, uh, and a 400 milli-hour, uh, 4,000 battery. Excuse me. Um, the uh, Mate 20 Pro, uh, we're looking at a 3120 times 1440 uh, 6.3 nine inch OLED screen, uh, Kirin 980 processor, six gigabits of RAM, and 128 gigabytes storage. Um,
1: Again, these are good figures. Well, actually, I think they they're they're very good figures. From from what you say, it seems that it's slightly the pro version is certainly slightly smaller and lighter uh, than the uh, than the Note Mm -hmm. Nine, but they seem to have the same size and standard screen in there and RAM as well. Yeah, the the specs are quite similar, and
2: it's kind of the the bells and whistles are where these things are really going to differentiate themselves. Um, Both models are having sort of AI. Played up big time and how AI is being integrated into the regular feature set. Uh, and one example is, uh, their much vaunted phone, uh, phones, cameras, which I guess says an awful lot about smartphones that we think about the camera before the call quality these days. Um, But the uh, cameras built in have a lot of very um, interesting features, we'll say, especially if you're using video mode. Uh, One of the things that they were playing up was the ability to do sort of Sin City style um, photography uh, or video capture where you have, you know, very deep blacks and whites. And then you pick one color and it just stands out uh, amongst all the rest. Personally, I think it's a bit gimmicky, um, but sometimes it's the gimmicks that, that put these phones uh, above one another. Uh, you've you've had a chance to have a quick look at the specs as well. Um, as
1: a Samsung guy, are you impressed? Uh, I am very impressed. Yes, absolutely. You know, as you say, they've got all the standards and the yada, 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 and it, it stands up very well against the uh, the Note 9 and against the uh, iN iPhone as well. Uh, but the camera... <laughs> I mean, the camera end of it is uh, is, is ridiculous with 40 megapixel um, um, camera to the rear, uh, 20 megapixel camera to the rear and an 8 megapixel camera to the, they all do different things from wide and super wide and, and, and whatever. And ultra wide, uh, which is
2: another of their, so it's basically it's, three, it's three cameras are packed into it. They've,
1: exactly. They've gone completely nuts on the camera, which I think is good. However... Because I'm a Samsung guy, I'll just stand up for uh, uh, for my friends and say that the uh, the frame rate uh, with Samsung is much higher. That's where they do their super ridiculously fast uh, slow motion. Right. Because if you're shooting in 720p, you're actually shooting at seven 960 frames per second. That's 960 photographs per second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which can slow down. It's uh, uh it's ridiculous. But listen, th- never mind the cameras. I mean, the cameras are one thing. Is as as you say, the thing that really made me go wow because finally we have something different with a phone, right? Uh, and it's with the uh, Mate 20 Pro and that is, it has wireless charging. Oh, go, but it has better, uh, they, it has oh, better oh, than oh, that. Oh yeah, this, this, this is what I was going to say. It, do, it doesn't just charge itself, it can wirelessly charge other
2: phones. Other phones. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that brilliant? I, that, that really, a couple of years ago, Samsung did this thing where you can Bluetooth to other people with the same Samsung phone and you can turn them all into speakers, uh, playing the same song at the same time. Uh, yeah, whatever. Now we've got a phone that can
1: charge another phone. I mean. Yeah. I, if there was ever a way that you wanted to say, my brand is better than your brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is it and listen the other thing that on on a practical side of things I really like the fact that the fingerprint reader is on the screen yeah hallelujah yeah I mean Apple are doing their
2: face ID Samsung are doing their fingerprint reader on the back of the phone on the rear yeah Yeah. Uh, but um, Huawei are doing theirs on the front on the screen and it works pretty well uh it took a while now for my fingerprint to register but maybe that's just you know me being awkward uh but it it does work and it's very accurate uh although it does take a little bit of time to set up um uh, yeah i have to say it's very light in the hand it's it's a good size it doesn't have much in the way of a bezel uh i was i was pretty impressed but again these are high-end premium smartphones
1: Indeed. Now, uh, the all important question for for you, Nile. Anyway, because I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The notch, the notch.
2: Yeah. Well, the the notch, the notch is here, and we're stuck with it. I, I think this is just the uh, the thing that the the iPhone X and XS gave us.
1: Every, every time I see a photo of that notch, I go, "What? What? what like Johnny Ives just completely." Uh, the, Suffering a a hemorrhaging headache that day when he when he stuck that in was was he out on the beer so hard the night before that he went ah oh, just leave it yeah but now everybody it's wants one what I don't but it looks awful I I think it, it, it offends my OCD like you wouldn't believe I'd
2: say in maybe ten years we'll look back and go not just what were we thinking
1: uh, well there you go and let me state on the record right now that I'm I'm ten years ahead of the rest of you. <laughs> But you're you're happy with the notch on the phone anyway. Well, then? you know, in the same
2: way that I would have been happy with flared trousers in the seventies. <laughs>
1: Right. Listen, price-wise, uh, we are lucky. It's a little bit more expensive than the Note 9 and the iPhone, and kind of more about the same price as the iPhone, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: slightly less than the iPhone. Uh, I are looking to compete on price a little bit, and because it's a, an Android mm. phone, they don't have the same issues with software development. Uh, so there's, there's a few cost savings that way. Um, so, yeah, slightly cheaper. Of course, your price may vary depending on which network you end
1: up with. And the deal and so on and so forth. Now, the other story that is uh, making news this week, I can't believe, we're talking, again, it's like the notch. We're we st- we talking about e-voting. Yeah. There was a survey. This is a fun little story that came out, a
2: survey uh, done by Censuswide uh, for Pure Telecom. Uh, apparently, given the option, 52% of voters would indeed prefer e-voting Over uh, paper ballots. But there's a few caveats in here as well. Um, 40% of non voters uh, would say they would have voted if there was an easier option. And yet, the most popular place to actually cast your vote is
1: still the polling station. See, I don't, get, I don't think electronic voting or e-voting is going to change the actual voting process because the problem is, as you say, you've got to go to a voting station. Yeah. And if you don't change that, it's not going to change the, uh, uh, the turnout uh, at all. All it'll do is it'll make the counting quicker. But then again, I would be very suspicious.
2: Well, it would make the counting quicker, but... The best solution is actually to have a paper backup in the event of a result being disputed or if there's, you know, evidence of a machine being hacked, uh, which of course they can be. Uh, you might remember, I think we've got a couple of million worth of e voting machines that I've no idea where they are. I think they're languishing in storage somewhere um, just because it was discovered that the machines were potentially faulty. Uh, I think it was Michael Woods who was Minister for the Environment at the time. I think he had sorted out. But um, yeah. Uh, so, what would make you vote, Dusty? Assuming that, that you're a non voter, but I, I know you're a voter. So, put yourself into the apathetic mind of the non voter.
1: Well, I think that it, the answer is right in the palm of everybody's hand.
2: Do it by smartphone. Yeah. OK. So, how would this work?
1: if you were to vote you can you know text in how do you do it I don't know I think it would be some kind of a text um, but it's interesting like how do you do it? because firstly the vote is anonymous and if you're if you're texting from your phone well then that's not anonymous mm-hmm. um, but then if you had some kind of coding in that, then the other problem you have is you've got to make sure that it's only one vote per person yeah and then you've also got to make sure that it's uh, one vote per person who actually owns the phone mm-hmm. so yeah, there's a lot of um, uh, There's a lot of things I haven't thought about this, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've gone for convenience over common sense, have you?
1: Yeah, well, no, because this is how great ideas are born. You say, "Well, what if everybody could vote by phone?" Mm. And then you go through all of these problems and you fix them and it comes to polling day and bam. Mm.
2: Yeah. Well, here's an interesting take on it that you, you might uh, agree with or go, ah, that solves a problem. Uh, a couple of months ago, I was actually in DCU looking at some of their final year projects and I came across a student who was using blockchain as a means of uh, controlling elections. When I say controlling, I mean running elections um, because a blockchain, as, as we know, is effectively a smart contract between you and another party and it works by an access token, establishing the link between you and them. And every time something is changed, it gets registered on that particular blockchain. But you are anonymous and the other person is potentially anonymous. But in the case of an election, wouldn't need to be. So you would have your 28-digit token or, or what have you, uh, which is linked into the election database. And uh, so you're anonymous and you make your change. Uh, so your vote is recorded once and once only. It is sent to the to the other party, who can then collate uh, with other people on that blockchain.
1: How does that sound? That sounds great. And I've just thought of something else uh, to make sure that it's you that is placing the vote. You have to uh, approve it with fingerprint ID.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: or something like that. Whatever. How you see already already you two minutes ago you were laughing at me because you kind of go well how are you going to control it by phone Dusty then you start talking about blockchain which is a great idea then I came up with the fingerprints it's like we're almost halfway there listen let's get the hell out of this podcast (laughs) let's let's find some developers (laughs) some investors (laughs) and sell this to governments around the world we'll make a fortune (laughs) Uh, listen thanks uh, as always for keeping us up to date with uh, what's happening in the world of tech around Ireland and across the world now this is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's
0: techcentral.ie.
1: Now, we were speaking about Huawei and their brand new mobile phones a few moments ago. The company have also signed a major agreement with Monaco Telecom to be one of the first territories and companies to launch 5G on planet Earth. And they did their first live test of 5G at the end of September when there was a big yacht show in Monaco and they had a, a drone flying uh, across the principality with 5G connectivity and they were running all kinds of cameras and all kinds of experiments on it, which the public could experiment with. The intention of both companies is that Monaco will become the first country in the world to launch a 5G service sometime next year. I sat down and had a chat with Monaco Telecom's CEO, Martin Paranay, and asked him, what is the difference between 4G
0: and the new 5G? 4G is now mature and 4G is about more speed, more performance. You know, being able to reach, for example, here we, we can reach one gigabit per second on a mobile. Uh, it's, it's, we've been the first in the world to launch that. And, and on average, people can uh, enjoy something like 100 megabit per second anywhere in Monaco today, which is, which is huge really. Um, and it's huge for today, but, Tomorrow, there'll be more and more people wanting to enjoy this at the same time. So, you won't, if you keep the same technology, you won't keep 100 megabit per second per person. You will have to have much more capacity to, so that everybody can enjoy the same kind of speed. So, then you will need a new generation of technology, Mm. which will be 5G. So, that's the first thing about 5G. More performance. Still more performance. The second thing is, 4G is about connecting people. 5G will be about massively connecting things, connecting everything, connecting uh, your elevator to understand if you have to uh, uh, come and, and service it mm-hmm. uh, to um, uh, connecting your lamp holes, connecting your clothes, connect, connecting we, everything.
1: You're talking about wild stories that we hear where your fridge is connected to the internet and it'll either send you a little ping while you're at work to say, oh, get some milk on the <laughs> when you're on the way home, um, um, or it will automatically order milk with Amazon and they'll send a drone around to your house and the milk will just magically appear. Is that, that's the kind of thing you're talking about with 5G.
0: That's the kind of thing... You know everybody 's talking about autonomous cars at the moment, so five g is about connecting millions and billions of things, and also connecting things that need a super fast and super reliable connectivity because if your car is not connected super reliable with a super reliability, then you might bump into somebody yeah. so that's that 's where five g comes in because the latency the, you know the the times of reaction is so small that you can even drive a car. Uh, It can even drive a car better than you could. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's, 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 that's the (laughs) good. If it's possible. There's been one or two stories recently. But I know exactly
1: where you're going. And I suppose you've got to think exactly the same about cars and autonomous driving as you would think about airplanes, because airplanes these days are very much, they're all, uh, I won't say automated, but they're very much computer assisted and fly by wire. And because of that, planes are flying much more efficiently and further with less fuel, which means lower prices for, for passengers, which is good. Um, but it, it needs to be, it, it can't just be 100%. It, the backup system also has to be 100% and the backup to the backup has to be 100%. And this is the kind of thing you say we need for autonomous cars Yes, but well.
0: l- listen, if you, if, you, if you take a plane, for example, you have all sorts of things that are connected together uh, in order for you to understand exactly all the metrics of the plane and how it works. But today, these things are connected through wire. And this is very heavy. Tomorrow, with 5G and so on, and it's starting today on all the technology, but tomorrow, massively in 5G, all these components of the, of the planes will be connected through 5G, which means that you can get rid of uh, an awful lot of cables and wires inside the, uh, inside the plane, and so it's less weight, and so it's more efficient.
1: And you can fit another six rows of people in economy. Yes. <laughs> Do you find, because the Monaco government are kind of saying they're taking digital very seriously and they're saying, you know, we want the principality uh, to be a digital economy, we, are, we want the digital economy to be important and we also want to be a digital society to be important to us. Do you see this as actually happening, that the ball is rolling and we're getting there?
0: I think it's, um, it, it's, um, it's a mix of different things. Monaco is a small community where people like to see each other and people like to talk to each other, which means that digital transformation is not everywhere mm. because you can very easily, and you like to talk to people. I see this at Monaco Telecom. We have a very direct uh, interaction with our customers. They, they, uh, and so the digital autonomy of our customers is not great at the moment. Mm-hmm. It should be greater. It will be greater in, in, in the near future, but I think it, it cannot be done at the expense of uh, keeping a very close relationship with each other. So I think the, the, the way Monaco will have to go towards digital economy will have to be um, a mix between e-autonomy and being close to your customers and close to, to, uh, to the people. Um, so yes, there's a, there's, a big, there's a lot of companies who are uh, very digital in Monaco. Um, the government is going to have and is having a lot of uh, initiatives in this mm. field, uh, but there's a lot to do.
1: And we're quite well set up as well in the in the principality with the network and with the train, the way it goes through the principality and uh, all of the tunnels and everything that are underneath the roads. This makes it easy to get a fiber
0: directly to all homes in the principality. Am I right? In terms of connectivity, we um, in mobile we we, we are. Again, number one in the world. Number one. It, <laughs> in in today, in fixed today, we have uh, access. Every household can have access to a one gigabit per second connecti- connection. Mm. So, in terms of connectivity, we are uh, we're trying to be ahead of the race, and, yeah. and we're trying to provide what's needed. Um, but then, connectivity isn't, doesn't make everything. Then you have to have the applic- the the, uh, the applications, the apps mm. that that goes on that go on in.
1: So basically what we have is we have the connectivity there and it's being used more and more. And of course, when people use these things more and more, they're going to really love them. And then more people will want to use them. So that's why we're getting into the whole 5G side of things. So we'll have high speed for a higher amount of people. Um, everything that you've spoken about today, Martin, uh, sounds amazing. But when will 5G be available? Well, I mean, today
0: <laughs> well, we have uh, 5G is going to be available... In 2019, really. Uh, in 2019, you'll find the first smartphones that will be able to connect to 5G. Excellent. And probably end of 2019.
1: Okay, I was about to say that because I can't think of a single smartphone at the moment that is capable of not that. Not even the 5G. chipset is not ready. Wow, okay, grand. But next year is when, when, when you're saying. Yeah, sure. And Monaco will be one of the first countries in the world to have it. I yes, no? hope so. And that was Martin Paranay, the CEO of Monaco Telecom, chatting with myself. That's almost it for our show this week. Uh, just before we go, Niall Kitson's still with me and... Uh it's time for this week's one more thing the one thing we couldn't get in the podcast that's online what is it uh, yes we do indeed have a one more thing uh, the 7th of November
2: is coming this is Samsung's last big product reveal of the year and um, according
1: to the hype going around the internet at the moment we might be seeing a foldable tablet Ooh, we'll read more about that online on the website where you can get the load down on all things tech in Ireland with early updates daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie or of course just listen to us every Week online or Fridays at 5 on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio Extra. Until next time for myself, Justy Rhodes, thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at Techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Productions.com.
0: Excellent.